Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I will take you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation about the biggest stories out of the Vatican. This week, we cover the plans for the upcoming summit on sexual abuse. I'm Colleen Deli. This is Inside the Vatican. The big news in the Vatican this week was that Pope Francis has named the committee that will plan the international meeting about sexual abuse that will take place in February. Now, thanks to interviews with some members of that committee, we have a better idea of how that meeting will be structured and who will be involved. The big question on everyone's mind is, will this meeting make a difference? Remember, this was the meeting that the U.S. bishops were asked to wait for before voting on sexual abuse resolutions. There is a lot of expectation around this meeting. So this week, we'll try to answer that question. What can the plans for the meeting and the people involved in it tell us about whether this meeting will create lasting change in the church? In your interview with Archbishop Shikluna, he said that there would be, it'd be kind of similar to the last synod that we saw with listening sessions and breaking off into language groups and working and then reporting back to the group. Um, And one thing I thought was interesting was that there's going to be a penitential liturgy that the Pope requested himself. Um, So do you want to talk a little bit about the structure and also about this liturgy? He was insistent above all that there should be a penitential service where the whole church, the presidents representing their different bishops' conferences, with the Pope and with the heads of Vatican offices, engage in a penitential service in which the victims participate. Wow. And what do you think that, that looks like? Like, What is a penitential service? Have we seen, seen the Vatican do something like this before? Well, I, I remember when John Paul II had... Uh, asked uh, pardon for the different failings of the church down the centuries. I I don't quite know how it will work out yet. There have been such penitential services in some countries. I I think we have to see. I, I think this is a work in progress. But the idea is clear. The intention is clear. And, and the Pope believes, even if the meeting is short, a mere four days, this has to be a very important part of the meeting. Because if you do not recognize as a church that you have failed children, failed vulnerable people by the way you've handled the question of abuse, abuse of power, abuse of conscience, sexual abuse, if you don't recognize that and if you don't ask forgiveness from for that, you're not even at the starting blocks. Right, right. So this is kind of maybe part of also getting getting the bishops on the same page about this. The other way the Vatican is trying to get the bishops to agree on priorities is by having a synod-like structure in which they listen to people who are working to address and prevent sexual abuse at all levels of the church. Yes, I, I think it, you, one has to be very clear. When the Pope is talking about a synodal approach, he's talking about the involvement of everyone from the grassroots level to the diocesan, to the national, to the continental, to the international level. So it's involving everyone. The meeting as it's being organized in Rome is not a synod. So they will have plenary sessions where there will be some presentations. There will be a keynote speech by the Pope, presumably one or two, I I don't know. They haven't given the detailed program yet, but certainly he will speak. There will be presentations by people involved in the different areas 
to explain to the bishops this is the reality. The bishops have already been received a questionnaire. They have to respond and say, you know, what's happening in their area, what are the different cultural issues involved, etc. And they have to feed that back before the, the meeting. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, also in the plenary sessions, they will listen to victims. We don't know who these victims are. But there will be presentation from victims because the Pope was insistent that all the presidents of the bishops' conferences have to hear what the reality is, what the suffering of these people is, what the terrible damage that has been done to these people, and to the credibility of the church. Yeah, Jerry, let's talk about that a little bit. I, I found that to be really interesting. And there were some quotes in your interview with Archbishop Shakluna and in Crux's interview with Cardinal Supic, um, in which they were saying that, you know, they want the bishops to listen to these survivors of abuse in order to, like you were saying earlier, get all the bishops on the same page. And I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about that, because this idea that the bishops might not be on the same page about this was was kind of surprising to me. Do you think that's that's what's being communicated here, that they're not on the same page? Well, I think the Pope doesn't want to take any chances on this. He wants to make sure they're all on the same page. He himself, remember, he's met victims in the United States. He's met victims when he went to different countries. Mm -hmm. He's met the Chilean victims here. He met the victims in Dublin. And almost every week, he ha meets victims that nobody knows about. He has these private meetings in the evenings, afternoons with victims. Maybe not every single week, but regularly. So he's probably hearing from them a lot more than maybe a lot of bishops are hearing from abuse survivors. Yeah, and he wants to make sure that the bishops start listening. Right. Because if you don't listen, you have little possibility of of helping to resolve this problem and deal with it properly. So let's talk about some of the people the bishops will be listening to. One thing I found particularly encouraging was uh, the involvement of the superiors of the men's and women's religious orders in this, because often when we're talking about uh, the sexual abuse issue, you know, a lot of attention gets paid to the dioceses and what changes they're making on the diocesan level. But religious orders tend to kind of, you know, be pushed to the side and and sort of left to figure it out on their own. And I, I thought it was a good idea that they're trying to include them as well. Well, as Archbishop Shikluna said in the interview with me, he said he considered this of the utmost importance because the heads of the religious orders, they have responsibility for many priests, many brothers and sisters around the world who run educational institutes, who run orphanages who run other kinds of centers and who have a very important role to play in the pastoral ministry of the church. So it is essential. And we talked about in terms of the synod that the women, the heads of the women religious were not given the same place as the men religious. That's in the synod in terms of voting. Here they are on an equal par. Right, which is, you know, maybe even a sign of progress for future synods and future involvement of, of women religious in decision-making. But also remember that the Pope has put some women on the commission. He has, two laywomen. Do you want to talk about uh, who they are? They're, they're two Italian laywomen, and they have a, a lot of experience in, in di different areas, canon law and other areas. What we're seeing here 
the message that's coming out of this is that, as I said earlier, the Pope believes this cannot be resolved by the Pope, the bishops alone. This cannot be resolved by the clergy alone. The whole church, clergy, laity, bishops, Pope, uh, experts in the different fields of the different areas have to all work together. And this is one of the goals of the February meeting, to bring everybody on the same page, to get people working together, and then to move from the central level here to get continental discussions going. Because there are different cultures, there are different ways of approaching problems in different countries. So the big question is, if the summit aims to educate bishops to go home and make sexual abuse resolutions there, what definite resolutions will come out of this meeting? I think this meeting is seen by all the organizing committee and by the Pope as a starting point, as a launching pad. It's not the end, and it's going to be a four-day meeting. Uh, one should not have unrealistic expectations. What it will do is set the direction for the universal church, for the church in the different countries. And it will be the, the beginning of a determined effort on the part of the Pope to get everybody on the same page in terms of trying to eliminate abuse, to prevent the abuse of children, to ensure that children are safe in whatever church, institution, or place they happen to be. The last thing that will help us understand what to expect out of this sexual abuse summit is to know who's planning it. We've talked already about the involvement of sexual abuse survivors and lay people, but the big news this week was the announcement of the four people who form the committee to plan this summit. That's Cardinal Supich of Chicago, Cardinal Gracius of India, Archbishop Shakluna, who Jerry interviewed, and Father Hans Zollner. So let's talk about each of them, starting with Cardinal Gracius, who is the head of the Federation of Asian Bishops Conferences. He's also president of the Indian bishops, the three different rights in India. So he's a big hitter in Asia, and he's a canon lawyer, and he's a member of the Pope's group of cardinal, nine cardinal advisors. Right, that's like his cabinet. Yes. And then he's brought in Cardinal Supic uh, from Chicago. And Cardinal Supic has been, was nine years on the American Bishops Conference, the USCCB Commission for Safeguarding Children, and for Two terms, he was president of that in the early part of this uh, century. Right. Some people have been not so happy about the selection of Cardinal Supic. They've been saying that it, it should have been Cardinal O'Malley, who's been even more out front in, in this sexual abuse issue for a long time. But it's my understanding that he will still be involved in the planning process, even if he's not on this main council. I, I think this is a, a false criticism. Because Cardinal O'Malley has got one task. He is president of the Commission for the Protection of Minors that Pope Francis set up in 2014. 
And that is a big job in itself. And it has meetings biannually, but they work a lot in between the sessions. So why do you think he chose Cardinal Supic, who has like a bunch of things to do versus Cardinal O'Malley, who, you know, only has this one thing to focus on, like you said? The Pope wanted to make very clear that this is something that is not the same as the Pontifical Commission for the Protection of Minors. It's another event. Got it. The Pontifical Commission, which O'Malley heads, will feed into this body, but they are not identical. Their task is not the same. The role is is different. Right. And he'll still be involved in the planning process. Of course, Cardinal O'Malley will will have the the input as, as head of the very important commission that the Pope set up four years ago. Cardinal Supic's task is another, along with uh, Cardinal Gracias, and then two of the church's top experts in the field, Archbishop Shikluna of Malta, who was for 10 years, he worked in the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith as the promoter of justice. We call it public prosecutor. Right. We spoke about him last week and his, his qualifications for his new position. But it, his presence on the commission gives enormous credibility to it because he has the trust of the victims. And in fact, you will have seen that Juan Carlos Cruz, one of the foremost, most visible Chilean victims who is now living in the States, came out immediately after the commission was set up and expressing his real uh, content with this. And uh, these are people who uh, have worked very closely with Archbishop Shikluna. I mean, the first of the Chilean victims that Archbishop Shikluna met was Juan Cruz, and he met him in New York. Mm-hmm. He's actually the guest on one of America's other podcasts this week, which comes out Friday. So if our listeners are interested in that, they can listen to the Jesuitical podcast. And then the other member of the commission is a, is, is a Jesuit. He is, in fact, the coordinator. He's the German Jesuit Hans Zöllner who is head of the Child Protection Center at the uh, Gregorian University and who's also a member of the Commission for the Protection of Children, which Cardinal O'Malley heads. So he is, has traveled to more than 40 countries, speaking to bishops' conferences, trying to get them all on the same page on this issue. So he knows a lot of the bishops. He's a very efficient organizer. And so I think the Pope has set up a high-powered team for this February event because he doesn't want a failure on this. Cardinal Gracias said in an interview last month that this meeting in February will either be a success or it will be a disaster for the Church. Those are high stakes. So our question from the beginning of the show remains, will this meeting make a difference? We know now that Pope Francis and the four expert organizers are thinking of the meeting as a starting point. They want to use these three days in February to make the bishops and the heads of religious orders really listen to survivors of abuse and the people who work with them. They want the bishops to agree on priorities. And they want this penitential liturgy to develop a spiritual resolve in the bishops to address and prevent sexual abuse. And then they want the bishops to act on that resolve in their dioceses. 
The success or failure of this meeting will depend entirely on how the bishops and people at all levels of the church follow through on it. And we'll keep you up to date on this meeting from the planning all the way up to the follow through here on Inside the Vatican from America Media. Inside the Vatican is produced by me, Colleen Dully, and edited by Oliver Lazarus. Our executive producer is Eric Sundrup. Our news producer is Kevin Clark. Our audio engineer is Kieran Freeman. Our studio manager is Leopold Stubner. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org or follow us on Twitter at americamag. For America Media, I'm Colleen Dully with Gerard O'Connell. See you next week.